In July of 1990, a single woman with two cats posted an ad in the Sun Centennial. She was advertising a room for rent in her two-bedroom apartment, $290 plus half of the utilities. It would come to be the most grave mistake she would ever make. I'm Christina. And I'm Kristen. And today on The Real Crime Podcast, we will be telling you about the mysterious and still unsolved murder of Beverly McGowan. So I actually stumbled on this case while watching reruns of original Unsolved Mysteries episodes. Do you remember that show, Unsolved Mysteries? Oh, yeah. You looked like you, we stopped recording for a second. No. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> I was like, no, I was just staring at you, <laughs> making sure we were recording and the cat hadn't messed with anything because uh, that's always fun. So I have, like, three shows that I fall asleep to, one of them being, like, the OG Unsolved Mysteries, then, of course, Forensic Files and Law & Order SVU reruns. That's my favorite one. For real. And uh, right now, too, uh, Cole has been re-watching the show Community over and over, so I've been... We still haven't started that. It's so good. Like, you have to watch it. It's such a good show. Right. Um. Anyway, so... It's season four, episode nine, for anyone who's curious. And the segment is cleverly called Go Ask Alice, which is actually the title of a great book. I don't know if you've ever read it. No. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's a good book. I, I Well, I read <laughs> okay. it read it when I was like 14. So I don't know if it's a great book now. But oh, okay. like at 14, so it's not it was, like a novel. Right. No, at 14, <laughs> it was a great book. So anyway, I was like, I, it's been a while. So I can't really justify saying that now. For me, Go Ask Alice is just a quote from that song oh oh the the white rabbit yep. yeah yeah uh, jefferson, jefferson airplane airplane interestingly enough the show 1899 mm -hmm. there's a remake of that song which is the intro song oh. i know we're going full circle today this is we've fun we've, we've been together for a couple hours <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> it's like Kristen almost died because there's rabbits in our recording space and we found out that i'm highly allergic yeah so, so that's super fun. The uh, episode progresses. You'll hear me getting more and more wheezy. <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to be a really good time. Season's almost over for us, though. And then the rabbits should be back outside by the time we start recording again. So anyway. <laughs> back to the murder at hand. Exactly. So it's the year 1990. And Beverly McGowan was finally in a place in her life where everything seemed to click I wonder what that's like. I don't know if anybody's been there yet, but... No. No, I keep waiting. Maybe someday. Who knows? If we're lucky. Exactly. Although, I don't know, because usually bad things happen after that. Right. It, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> tell me about it. So, like, maybe maybe not for a while. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine if nothing clicks. It's cool. I'm cool with it. 
So she had this great job. She had a two-bedroom place in Boca Raton, Florida, and decided that in order to save a little money for her future, she'd get a roommate. Bev, as her friends called her, placed an ad in the paper. She got a number of applicants and actually even turned down a few just on a bad feeling about them. But then in walked Alice. Alice was a young professional, single like Bev from England, but working in a Florida office for the company IBM. The two women headed off and a date was set for Alice to move in. Alice also had a passion for numerology, which is the study of numbers, basically reading your future and present through significant numbers in your life, birthday, birth time, etc. It's astrology, kind of. It's it's very much like astrology, but like numbers. Right. And it, it can be like other numbers in your life, too. Like your social security number. And your driver's license mm-hmm. number. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> All seemed as it should be until July 19th of 1990, when Jane McGowan got a letter in the mail. Jane was Brenda's sister. Beverly? Beverly? Did I say Brenda? Brenda? (laughs) Oh, my God. So Jane was Beverly's (laughs) sister. Apparently, I'm allergic to rabbits, too, and it makes my brain go soggy. Now, this was just days after Alice had moved in, so kind of strange timing. According to the letter, Beverly had decided to sell her condo and its contents and start a new life. Totally different story from the one that had been going on like five minutes ago. Insane. So Jane and Beverly's brother, Steve, also received a very similar letter. Now, If this had been the plan, why in the world would Bev have been looking for a roommate and let Alice move in? Right. None of this makes sense. At all. Jane and Steve decided they needed to investigate this further. So they went to Bev's condo. No one was home. The condo looked normal. It was almost too normal. Like the bed hadn't been made and... Yeah. Nothing was touched. You think, like, if someone's moving out and, like, starting a new life and taking off, that there would maybe be some things in boxes or... I I don't know. The condo didn't show any signs of someone leaving. It was like someone just got up and went to work and was planning on coming home. It bothers me that the bed wasn't made. Really? It does. Do you make your bed every morning? Every morning. Wow. Even if Rachel's still in bed, I will make my half of the bed as best I can. So I used to do that, but it just got too frustrating for me. I cannot look at my... I can't. I I, have to. I technically make my bed every night, like before I get into it. Like I remake all the blankets Mm -hmm. and then crawl into it because it's got to be that way for me. Agreed. But like there's there's no point because Cole will like nap in the middle of the day. Like he'll go up and like lay down for 15 minutes and somehow manages to take the rectangular blanket and turn it into a diamond <laughs> shape. And I don't know how it's physically possible. <laughs> but anyway, back to Bev, <laughs> back to Bev, <laughs> not Brenda. It was almost untouched, this condo, as if Bev had just sort of like, like we said, got up, went to work and was coming back, was planning on coming home. Her car was missing, she hadn't been to work, and her phone line was disconnected, which is a really oddly specific thing, because you figure, you know, this was the point of, uh, like, hard-lined, sort of, you had to call up the phone company and, like, cancel your service. 1990, so landlines. Exactly, landlines. 30 years ago, hey, I did it, 
32 years ago. It's depressing. Oh, God. It's like half, more than half of my life. It's a good chunk of my life. That's way more than half of your life. It's like most of my life. So missing from the home were Beverly's two cats. This worries me. I would really like to know what happened to these cats. Uh, Her driver's license and passport. But pretty much everything else was just sort of left behind. Really, really bizarre to Jane and Steve, her brother and sister. Then Jane and Steve found out that she hadn't sold the condo, but instead sent a telegram. Yes, a telegram. Right? I heard that and I was like, that's that, that that's be, a right? thing? In I, 1990? I wrote it and then I had to like triple check and I like looked at other sources like outside of Unsolved Mysteries because I was like, maybe this is just like a weird glitch and like someone misspoke or something. <laughs> like no. an email? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like an email, like a text message? No. <laughs> so a telegram to her mortgage company, giving them permission to foreclose on the unit and get rid of her belongings. Which is really strange. Super strange. Because if you're starting a new life, why would you throw away the money that you've already invested? Like you would sell everything inside of it and use that money to start your new life. But that is absolutely not what happened here. So just really, really, really strange. So more letters were received by her friends and family, but none offered additional explanation as to where she had disappeared to. According to a friend, Beverly had Alice work some numbers for her in the sense of numerology. According to the friend, Alice spoke with an English accent, but according to Unsolved Mysteries, she did not based on the reenactment where the actor had never heard an English speaking person before. Did you actually watch the episode? I did. Oh my. It was not an English accent. Not at all. Can't tell you what accent it was, but it wasn't an English <laughs> accent. So like, way to go. I'm sure you could have found someone. Again, could... wonderful reenactment. Love it. Now, the first time Alice did a chart for Beverly, it was really simple, straightforward numbers. But then she asked for more information from Beverly, like a social security number, passport number, those types of really personal things that we all know better than to just give out. Alice saw, according to the numbers, a long trip and romance in her near future. But before that could occur, she told Beverly a couple, a man and woman, would make trouble for her. Less than a week after she disappeared, a woman's body was located in a drainage ditch. The head had been crudely removed from the body, but not at the neck. It was actually from the upper jaw. Really strange. Which is really bizarre. And I feel like it would be so much harder as well. But I've never beheaded anything. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, because you're cutting through skull. Right, exactly. And, like, you have to, I don't know, because there's, like, hinges and stuff. It's it's weird. The whole thing's very weird. The neck just seems a little easier to cut through. It's a smaller space, But then you have both sets of teeth if you... Right, right. Whereas with this, you only have the uppers or the lowers depending on what why part wouldn't of you, you just find. take the whole head though why would you leave any teeth doesn't make any sense why not be more like timothy bradford and remove all of the teeth i mean right if you're doing it if you're doing it you might as well do it right right oh my god that is so morbid okay so 
Sections of the skin had also been cut out on Beverly's body. It was actually assumed that this was to remove tattoos. Unfortunately for the killer, they overlooked a small ankle tattoo of a yellow rose. It was probably like really pale on the ankle. Also in the reenactment, did you see the the, the quote rose? Because yeah. that's not a rose. No, it, it looks it, like a daisy. It was <laughs> honestly, it was like a, a just a fake flower tattoo that I would get for my child. child. Exactly. It was so bad. Um, But this tattoo, the yellow rose tattoo on this body found was a perfect match for a tattoo that Beverly had. Dental records confirmed to the authorities that it was indeed the body of Beverly. The letters had that had gone out were in Beverly's handwriting and didn't seem forced, so it kind of led to the question of what really happened here. And it kind of reminds me of the soap lady. Yeah, like a lot. Yes. Leonardo. Yes. And she how she lured people in and she like had them write letters to people and then she'd kill them, like right. unsuspectingly. Yeah. And she was a fortune teller. Right. Oh, I hadn't even made that. Oh, that's cool. That's That's, yeah, that's kind of wild. That's kind of wild. Very similar. So when the authorities checked into Alice, this roommate, who also appeared to be missing, they first went to IBM. Now, IBM had no record of her or a Fort Lauderdale office, which is where she claimed to be working. Okay, that's because she's made up. Oh, right. Right. Good call. Kristen, (laughs) you are a detective. Armchair detective over here. You've got it. Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> so some proud. days I really think that you that's nailed it. My missed calling. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Alice isn't real. No, I mean, she's a real person, but she's not actually Alice. It's is a what fake identity. Saying. Right. And to me, Beverly seems like a fairly intelligent person. So, I'm. I guess I'm surprised she didn't. But then again, I, I, I'm i surprised she didn't look up whether or not there was an IBM office in Fort Lauderdale. But then again, I'm thinking of the ease of looking something like that up now where it's just like an internet search, right. whereas then she'd have to like call around to like... And also people are a little more... Trusting? No? Nowadays? Now. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant like back then, like they were a little more trusting. They were, whereas yeah. like nowadays they're a little more jaded and everything's a scam. Because everything it is. is a scam. <laughs> because it is. Every text message I get, I'm like, you're not real. Every phone call, I'm like, screw you. Stop scamming me. Um, yeah. So a woman fitting Alice's description was seen making a purchase at a clothing boutique with Beverly's credit card, as well as taking out $300 from an ATM. Not really a huge score. No, why wouldn't you take out more? Right. Maybe there was a daily limit, but still, like... I don't know. There, there's. I feel like it's like a thousand dollars, though. I think like I've, spending, it's a thousand dollars, but ATM withdrawals, I think, are more limited. Maybe because they don't want the ATM to run out of money. Ah, uh, yes, that would make sense. Right, right, right. Whereas the banks <laughs> can't take twenty thousand dollars out of an ATM. <laughs> you cannot take twenty thousand dollars out of an ATM. Then, then Beverly's card was used again, but this time it was by someone depicted as a man in a black wig arranging for a rental car at a travel agency. This was another weird part in the reenactment world. It was really weird. It was really weird. It was a horrible black wig, and it was a man wearing that black wig pretending to pose as a woman, 
and actually speaking with a fairly decent English accent. So like really he should have been doing all of the reenactments, but it's fine. He, the car rental that he made that he reserved was for Heathrow airport, which is in London. Now the travel agent gave the flight details to authorities, but there was no Beverly McGowan on the flight lists. And obviously because these identities were unknown, um, they, they didn't have names to look up to check right. against. I feel like they could have done a little more digging, but you know, that's just me. Now, someone wearing that same black wig did pick up the car at Heathrow and used Beverly McGowan's name, but for some reason wasn't apprehended, hmm. which seems, again, kind of strange. But then again, is it one of those things where they'd have to get like Interpol? You know, it's probably it's, right. It's not our country. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Would it be at a distance for mm-hmm. sure. Beverly's car was found dumped at a South Florida hotel in the parking lot. The only clue inside were strands of black wig hair. Now, obviously, this was an identity scam, but the scammers only ended up with about $1,000. So that's like $500 each, which is crazy. That really hardly seems worth it. Exactly, because clearly there were two people. There was this Alice character and then this man wearing a black wig posing as Beverly. Right. And it just, it seems like all of this is a huge amount of trouble to go through for $1,000. I mean, they literally, they dismembered a body for this. They killed someone and dismembered a body for $1,000. That seems insane to me. So after the episode of Unsolved Mysteries originally aired, a tip came in And it led authorities to a woman in Florida named Elaine Parent. Elaine went by Alice sometimes and apparently had done this type of scam to at least 20 other women. She was known as the Chameleon Killer. When authorities went to her apartment to take her in for questioning, she agreed, but first went into her bedroom to change. Instead, she shot herself in the head, taking with her all of her secrets. So at this point, I say that this is still unsolved because no one was technically ever charged, even though it's assumed to know who did it. Plus, she had an accomplice. And also, Elaine Parent is not a real person, possibly. There's no birth certificate. Right, exactly. Like, it it could be another another fake alias. So, like, who who was she? Is she? Who was she? Exactly. Who was the guy that she worked with? And the McGowan family, they have no answers you know they've got nothing to work off of here really like a thousand dollars is not a reason to kill someone so there had to have been more to it like but what and that's just it because because this alice character ended her own life in the way that she did it's just all sort of up in the air and like yes technically you can connect the dots and know what happened to Beverly. But I think the why is almost more important than the how and the what and such. So yeah, it's just, it's just really, really strange, really strange. Agreed. So that is this week's episode. And just as a reminder, next week will be our season finale. And then we're going to be taking a nice little hiatus so we can relax and enjoy the holidays. And uh, you guys give us a chance to miss doing this. Exactly. Exactly. And give the chance for the rabbits to move back outside so Kristen doesn't die. Plus, there's a lot of Hallmark movies I need to watch. And so I'm so upset because I think we've watched all of them. (gasps) 
we cannot find another one that we have not watched. Oh my god! Like on all of our platforms, all we've of the got streaming all platforms, of them, pretty much. Wow. We went to go download the Hallmark, the like, Hallmark one. Yeah. Yesterday, Do but apparently, yeah. Okay. Did have you watched, watched them all? The live TV one though. So if you go to Peacock yes. channels, yep, you can watch all of like the ones. Oh my god, there was one with Jody. What's her name from Full House? Oh, oh, oh. We got halfway through it and we had to go. Can't Candace somewhere. Cameron Burr? That no. one? Jody someone. Jody Sweeten? Yeah, her. Oh, I didn't see that one. There was one on yesterday with Candace Cameron Burr, but I I didn't watch it because of her whole like anti traditional marriage stance recently. She actually left the Hallmark channel and she's starting her own Christmas movie channel to focus more on uh traditional and like non same sex marriages, basically. Oh, well, fuck her. Exactly. Hateful and gross and awful. Because, like, we're all about the same sex marriages on this podcast. Not me, but her. (laughs) Just just one. Just Just mine. She's super (laughs) about the same. I'm all for same sex marriages. I'm just not in one. Although Cole definitely PMSs from time to time. So, like, I get it. I do. Anyway, all right. Well, that was, that was a tangent. So make, I know, I love it. So make sure that you tune in next week for our season finale, and then we'll be back with you sometime early next year. And uh, yeah, in the meantime, if you have any story suggestions uh, or case suggestions that you'd like us to cover, we would love to hear from you. And big reminder, um, and I'll remind you again next week, buy your tickets now for NJ Horror Con because it's been growing in popularity. And I feel like the uh, like guests this year are going to be pretty spectacular. So I hope so. I hope Barry's there again. I think he's supposed to be, and I'm pretty sure they're going to be doing the Rocky Horror reunion this okay, time. Cool. So it's it's going to be a good show. Anyway, so we will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye.